love not typing. Not messing my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this house. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Well, welcome to the, um, we, we love everything except Superman panel. No. Uh, this is the <laughs> Superman and Lois panel. Um, we are a good crowd. It felt grew since I was turning and looking that direction. Good, good. Um, my opinion, this should be the biggest panel of the entire convention because it's the best show of the entire year. Um, welcome to Superman and Lois. Uh, I'm John Paul Estes, and we'll start by just going down the row here and introducing each of the panelists. Okay. Uh, my name is Kristen Jackson. I'm a graphic designer, work mostly in film. Um, I've been a fan of Superman and Lois since the first episode and have just loved it more and more each year. So I'm very happy to be a part of this track because and, and panel because I've got a lot to say about this last season. Um, my name's Allison Sky Richards. I am the A in the BAM crew for the Superman and Lois Tapes podcast. Um, I sh- fell into this show because uh, I was a Teen Wolf fan, and so I followed Tyler Hecklin uh, when he got cast as Superman and Supergirl. And I've just kind of been like, yeah, I'm going to keep following this train and see where it goes. Hey, everybody. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm one of the hosts of a podcast called Supergirl Radio. So we talked about Tyler Hecklin on uh, the CW Supergirl, but uh, now I uh, watch Superman and Lois to continue that out. And so I've been podcasting about uh, the Superman family since about 2015. And uh, we live streams. Uh, we live stream on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. So if you ever want to come hang out with us, you can do that. And um, I guess another thing that would qualify me to talk about this season in particular is that I am a breast cancer survivor since 2014. I had stage three HER2 positive breast cancer, which was different than what Lois had. Lois had stage three inflammatory cancer. Um, but I was pretty impressed by how they uh, depicted uh, cancer treatment on this show. So uh, if you have any questions about that, I can uh, answer them. Awesome. Um, I'm Jessica Combs. I also run a podcast called Legends of Tomorrow, and we've been covering Superman and Lois uh, since it started, and so we're hoping that it keeps on going. (laughs) Uh, The other shows we've covered are Legends of Tomorrow and Stargirl, so we have an entire back catalog of that, if that's something you're ever interested in. And yeah, so I'm super excited to talk about this season. I think it was incredibly well done. I'm very excited we have a cancer survivor, because I I would love that perspective. Yes, absolutely. And as I said, I'm John Paul Estes. I don't have a podcast. I don't have any kind of credentials other than being a Superman fan since I was two or three years old and learned to read on Superman comics. So that's um, somewhat of a Superman fan here. Uh, I do want to ask, just in general, um, so I get an idea, with a show of hands, has everybody seen this season of Superman and Lois? A few, a couple that haven't, but for the most part. So if you haven't, that's okay. We'll forgive you. Go sit and go watch it. But also, you'll hear a few spoilers. Just um, I don't think there's any way for us to talk about the season and not spoil something. It will not take away from the enjoyment in any way, shape, or form. Um, 
I want to start with one kind of silly question, but one I think is very important. Who do y'all think is the best live action Superman? And why, and why is it Tyler? Yeah, yeah Tyler. <laughs> Does anybody have anybody other than Tyler they think that's up here? I mean, my favorite is Henry Cavill. I'll probably always will be. Uh, but I think Tyler has really grown into the role. I wasn't as crazy about him on Supergirl just because I thought he was trying to do too much of a Christopher Reeve impersonation. But once he got on Superman and Lois and they were allowed to grow as characters and have their yep. own stories and their own interpretation, I thought he is really, um, I mean, he's climbing the charts for me because I, I think he's just, he's really uh, grown into it and has developed that character over the season. So I, I think he's a great Superman. Yeah. For sure. So I, I find it funny you say that he was trying to do the, um, trying to do the Christopher Reeves because Tyler has never watched a single Superman thing before. And he's basing it specifically off of how he read the scripts. Mm. And so he's never seen any of the classical stuff. Um, and my reason why I think he's the best is because he actually balances Clark and uh, Superman uh, equally and gives them both his attention and his motivations. Yeah, they're both real. They're very real people. people. Um, Well-rounded. He he can embody both so you know who is who uh, when he takes on his secret identity, but as a story too I think it really helps because you see the whole person in the story whereas in the the DCU you get like half a Superman well you get yeah. Superman but you don't get the Clark side really right and I always thought up until this well up until he um, appeared on Supergirl George Reeves shows my age a little bit but George Reeves was always my Superman I always thought he'd be the best because his Clark Kent was I mean he was more Clark than he was anything else in that show I mean every thing we see that Kurt Swan or anyone else has ever drawn, George Reeves looks like Superman and he has become a distant second. Tyler's just that that good. And maybe it's the father part or anything else and being a father of two boys, that, that doesn't hurt in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, I told them I'd prepared some questions but I'm hoping this kind of just goes organically, but um, I did want to get just your overall feelings for the season, um, where what you thought, um, especially our one survivor here. Um, but what did you think of the season and our real villain of, this, of the season? I, I think because of the real vil- villain being cancer, I think it's <laughs> appropriate that you might maybe go first on what you thought of the well, season. Well, I, I guess that's a good way to put it, that uh, cancer was the villain of the season. I, I think in particular because um, you actually have sort of an embodiment of it with Pia, who was going through cancer treatment at the time. So it's interesting to see uh, her go through treatment, but also sort of embodying the idea of uh, cancer trying to uh, take her life and Lois's life and uh, them trying to fight that. So I, I think the way that they did um, the the cancer treatment stuff, I thought was really great. They showed Lois having a port. They had infusion chairs and infusion. That infusion center was so nice. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got my treatment at Winship Cancer Institute, which is not far from here. And I thought that was the best. I mean, it was Emory Hospital. It was the best. And I was like, oh my gosh, Hobbs Bay, man, Bruno Mannheim put a lot of money into this thing. He wanted uh, his wife to be comfortable. That was the nicest infusion center I've ever seen. But uh, she, um, uh, the, the stuff that even when they talk about uh, when Lois is tired during her treatment, 
that's something I experienced as well. I think they give you a little something in your in your chemo cocktail that sort of puts you to sleep. So I thought um, their attention to detail, it seemed to me like somebody either writing on the staff on the writing in the writer's room had gone through treatment or knew somebody who did because it was very clear that they understood some of those those aspects even uh, down to the uh, the feelings of inadequacy that Lois goes through with her double mastectomy. I've had those same kind of thoughts. Um, the, the fears of, can I ever wear a dress again? Those kinds of things are very real when you go through that kind of thing. Um, so I thought the, it, it was, it was hard to watch. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it was a very difficult season, but I think that the, the way they approached it with a real seriousness, um, I think should be the way that you treat that. It's a very serious thing. And I, I love that they used Lois to go through that because she is a very human character. She's the embodiment of humanity for Clark and for Superman because he's probably never going to get cancer. Um, and so I think for Lois to go through that very um, human experience and showing his side of it where he had to figure out how he could help her, I thought was extremely well done. You know, the, I will say the callbacks to hearing younger Clark and the Christopher Reeve movie, you know, all these things I can do, you know, all these powers and I couldn't even save him talking about his dad at the funeral that every scene with Clark this season I could hear those words and I appreciated just from a Superman perspective that they addressed the reason he couldn't use Kryptonian technology because if I remember correctly the Brainiac Attacks animated movie someone correct me if I'm wrong but that was a movie about Lois getting sick and Superman having to use Kryptonian technology to help her and so that was one of my first things when I first started watching the season was like Let's just go to the fortress and figure something out. You have super intellect. Um, so I appreciated that they took the step to mention, no, we can't use this. She's going to have to go through chemo. So uh, I thought that was a good Superman detail to put it in there as well. Well, and I think it was really important just to pick up on that, that they didn't allow um, like comic book science, if you will, to, to fix it. Because this was such an important subject and so many women go through the same thing. You know, and I, I know that they did an absolute ton of research because they wanted to be like very respectful in how they portrayed it. They wanted it to be real. Um, and while that made it very difficult to watch, especially I'm sure for, for cancer survivors or someone who's going through treatments, it, it, made, it kept it real, it kept it grounded, and it kept it respectful. And I think that was important because at the end, you know, I'm, we're, we're all kind of sitting there going, how are they going to come in and do this? Like, are they, is there going to be something with the blood? Is there going to be, are they going to like try to find their way around it? And I am very, very glad that they had enough time jumps that we could see that she saw everything through to the end. She saw her achievements through to the end. And that's what gave her her chance at survival. And how they also brought in the family too, mm -hmm. because it, it was Lois's struggle, but it was also the family struggle. How do you yeah. tell? How do you talk to your kids about something like that? As as your partner, how do you how do you comfort someone where you you you're powerless? And especially for Superman to face something where he is powerless, and Lois being such a strong person, and to face her powerlessness over something that she can't you know goad or, or challenge or you know confront. Uh, I think they, they really, like you said, I had been wondering, did they have someone on the staff who had either survived or had someone who they were directly, you know, related to that had gone through that? Because it wasn't just her. They told a whole story of how 
that one diagnosis impacts way more than just that one person. And they told it well. Yes. So well. And I heard they had done, like so a lot of the research, they brought in doctors, nurses, survivors, families of both survivors and people who did not survive. They brought in everyone they could because they wanted to treat this so well. And you're right, I think almost any other show, any other writer's room, any other um, creator, probably what we'd expect is somebody like Lana, somebody close to the center, but not the core of the story. That's who you'd expect um, to come down with it. And at that point, you, there is the, well, is she gonna survive or not? Because you could, I'd say it like this bluntly, but you could kill off Alana in a show called Superman and Lois. Yeah. You were not going to kill off Lois, most likely, in the show. Um, it was not about the ending. It was about the journey and what everybody went through. Yeah. And I believe the actress who played Pia is also a cancer survivor. Oh, mm -hmm. oh wow. I, I think I came across that in my research somewhere. Um, well, did anybody have any, since we talked about how much we loved it, anybody have any thing that they really didn't like about this season? Any kind of least favorite moments? I, I would say for me, it was 99% perfect season, but there's always something. Flex, I didn't think we really needed Flex with everything else that was going on. I mean, I just, yeah. I, I like other Flexes better. This, this <laughs> version of Flex was, was, was just strange to me. So I'm not sure if I'm gonna like him or not in the coming season. I was also going to say Lex. Um, not that I didn't like the actor. I thought he did a great job. I thought he was scary. I thought um, he manipulated people in a way that I think Lex Luthor would do. And I thought the story was good in that Bruno Mannheim went to jail and then Lex Luthor was let off because it was discovered that he had not actually uh, been the murderer. And I thought, I thought all of that was a good setup, but um, what I didn't like about that was that it came off the heels of Lois finishing that journey of treatment. And then right after that happened, they were like, no, we're going to introduce a doomsday storyline to kill Superman. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that was a little, it, to me, it like let out all of the air of the cancer journey that Lois, like it just kind of put more of the focus on, oh, maybe Superman's going to die now. And I, I, I just wish they had let that breathe a little bit because it, it seemed like it was taking all the attention away from what Lois had gone through and now putting that on Superman. Um, so I, I, if, it had been, if it had been my show, which it wasn't uh, and isn't, um, I would have had Lex maybe get out in the finale and you know uh, be the tease to the next season. But what they did was just a very fast turnaround. It kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. Um, so I think for me, that was when the season sort of shifted like, what is happening? So I, I would probably also say Lex. It kind of feels to me like maybe they had to do that to get their fourth season. That's probably because, especially with everything else being canceled left and right. Yeah. Um, they would they wanted to go to a true villain that they knew people who followed Superman uh, would recognize. Um, the one thing I I just I did not like what they did to Bizarro. You know Bizarro. Um, he was very much like a like a Clark from his world. Yes, he was a little bit darker. He was a lot angrier. And he had a redemption, too. Right, yeah. and he had a redemption. And now you turn him into this monster, and you spend, like, a whole episode watching him be killed over and over again. And eating lots of rats. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And a cow. Oh, yes, that's right. He ate lots of crazy things. Yes. And, and one ear. 
Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but it's just like you, you have so much that you can do with this character. And instead you did that. I'm like, if you had Lex coming back, you could go with the whole, you know, having Bizarro become your super band and not do that to him. Yeah, if they wanted to do Doomsday, I think the thinking was that they needed a dead Kryptonian body, kind of like they were ripping yeah. off Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, essentially, where uh, BBS used General Zod's body to create Doomsday. So I think that's what they were doing. Yeah. But I agree with you. I mean, they could have used like a like another version of Superman to fight Superman. So yeah. It's weird. And I mean, Doomsday is supposed to be an intelligent person isn't he uh doomsday yeah. is mostly yeah. just a, oh. a rampaging monster essentially yeah, yeah. yeah. okay yeah. i'm thinking of someone far, else it's not that far off from the comic origin yeah it wasn't bizarro but it kryptonian based there yeah. is the kill right. over and over and yeah. over it's right to make him yeah. right yeah it's just kind of hard to watch especially right. when you're a tyler fan yeah. <laughs> he did a great job though he did he was yeah. pretty convincing yeah i will say for anyone who hasn't seen the season my, my opinion is exactly what y'all are saying to some degree, except on the rewatch is where it really clicked. This was an 11 episode season that is absolutely perfect. And then a two episode teaser uh, yeah. that's for next season. It's like they, they'd already filmed the first two episodes of season four. They didn't know there was about to be a writer's strike. They should have just held on to those two and showed them later but it, it's it's really maybe it's season 3.5 for two episodes Lex, yeah. Lex getting out of jail would make a really great season yeah. premiere yeah. so that, that seems right especially yeah. since he was a very son of anarchy style character yeah, in this that's one that's what bothered me is yeah. I, I didn't really care for biker gang Lex he'd yeah. been in jail I, for like 20 years or something <laughs> I, I totally buy it I did too good question and see, I disagree I I understand um, because Lex is traditionally uh, uh, Superman's villain, but I saw Lex as now Lois's villain now. So yeah. I didn't see that um, it was Lois's story all season and then it became Superman. For me, this is all Lois's year because her, her enemy was cancer and, and she fought off, she successfully fought off that big bad. He's, his, his enemy now is Lois. He, he did Lewis. come after her he yeah. specifically, yeah. He did it because it was Lois who took 20 years of his life, not Clark. So I see her being very in, in integral in the next season and talking about the powerlessness um, that Clark had all this season. It's going to continue next season because, again, something is coming after his wife and not him. And we've talked in past Superman and Lois's panels about how this show is a good it's not a Superman show. It's like both of them. Yes. And yeah. I, I see that continuing um, into next season, even this last season that Lois is now, because Lois has always been the superhero for me in, in the Superman universe because she hasn't, Clark's weakness is kryptonite. We know it can take him down. There is nothing that can take Lois down because we can do Superman comes and rescues her. And so this was the first time she couldn't be rescued. And so we have never gotten, for me, we've never gotten to see her not be rescued before. And now she has this other enemy. So I think this this storyline from this season has totally brought her up to a different level. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been saying to so many of my friends who don't watch the show that I've been trying to get them convinced. I told them whether this is a selling point or not, this 
this season they should have reversed the names. This really should have been Lois and Superman, not Superman yeah. and Lois. Yeah. As much as we said we love Tyler, we love Superman and all the yeah. rest. Right. This this season was Lois and Superman. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lois got the big uh, Superman moment from All-Star Superman where she said, uh, you're much stronger than you think you are. So she did get to be, uh, she got to be in that Superman position. So yeah, she's a superhero. I agree. And I mentioned earlier, I, th- I thought it was like 99% perfect. Something you mentioned that she's now, she has a villain, she was Luther and, and her. They made, in my opinion, a slight mistake. And I can see Luther's gonna go there. He's, he's not gonna be rational about it. But she didn't put him in jail. It was the authorities had his lines wiretapped. Bruno Mannheim and Pia. No, no reality, did that. and then yeah. there's Lex Real. Right, <laughs> Lex Real. No, absolutely. That's a, but it's like, at some point, I'm hoping they bring up the fact that she just wrote the stories. She just didn't. Awesome. She didn't record the audio. She didn't do anything else. She just wrote the new story covering it. She didn't yeah, put him in jail. The story part of what put him in jail. Yeah. It sways public opinion. Yes. But she is like, you know, the best reporter on the planet. People listen to her and she knows it. She's got power. And she uses it. Yeah. And I think she feels guilty for it as well. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why she kept encouraging Brenna to go, you know, to confess. Yeah. Because she felt so guilty that now that she knew the truth that Lex hadn't killed and, and committed that murder that, you know, I feel bad for being part of why he was in jail. Yeah. So. Now, now, going back to the Lex angle, um, the only thing I felt a little confusing because I, I guess it did, it, are they from a different world? Because if you look at the overall thing, it's the same universe as Supergirl. Yeah. So, Separate yeah, yeah. Separate. different Lex suit. Yeah. So, that yeah. Lex suit, they're different. I know different actors yeah. get off in the end. So, this Lex suit, they're. Spent twenty years in jail, so we're talking about we're not talking about the same Lex. Right. Yeah. That's right. I'm still stuck on Michael Rosenbaum's Lex, so <laughs> I'm still several Lexes behind. <laughs> they, they made an intentional choice to keep them separate from. Yeah, this Lex has spent yeah. twenty years with neo Nazis and Roger Gaines. Although yeah. they used the same actors who played Lucy Lane, so. Oh. They didn't. They didn't go full 100 percent on it, but they're trying. They're trying to get away from the Supergirl continuity. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you have the same Superman and Lois from the Supergirl universe. You know, the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. You have the same Diggle, right. but mm-hmm. they did establish in season two, which was kind of a shocking moment. I'm sure when y'all's podcast, yeah. y'all kind of covered that as a major thing when they said, yeah. "You're the only." superhero in this universe and all that stuff. Yeah. They made it a, a, a clean break, which which opens up a lot of possibilities there. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's probably why they don't show a Superman um, in Titans this year because uh, Connor was supposed to get to meet Superman yeah. and then Superman bails on him. And so I during the crisis you actually see a moment where you see Jason and Hank back then uh, as the worlds were being uh, blinked out and so this shows that there was a separation between those two worlds as well Um, so you can't they couldn't decide I guess which Lex face they wanted to have uh, sorry not which Lex which Superman face they wanted to have in Titans but he has a whole different Lex in that world too. Yeah, well, they had Supergirl over. I said Supergirl, but they had Supergirl and Titan. Yeah, Supergirl, Supergirl came on Titans. And Star Girl. Star Girl, yeah. Star Girl, yeah. yeah. 
but I, I didn't watch the episode, but I don't know if she was supposed to be the same or if even though they used Breck, if it was a separate universe kind of thing. It was a Beast Boy traveling between universes and it was her universe. Yeah, because oh. they also had a John Wesley ship as the Flash, I feel like. Uh, they definitely true? did on Star. Yeah. Oh, it was on Stargirl. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. And this confusion right here, as much as the fans love talking about it, is why in the 80s DC did Crisis on Infinite Earths. <laughs> yes. Yes. separated. I still hate that they did it, but that's that this confusion. That's, that's, that's what causes that. Um, there's one other character we haven't mentioned that was kind of a new and a change this year. I wanted to get everybody's opinion on him. Um, what do y'all think of our new Jonathan? I think he did a good job. He did, I think he did yeah, I think he did a great job filling in uh, and and still maintaining some of the character mannerisms. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a jarring break from, you know, hey, that guy didn't didn't he kind of have a little different hair yeah. and eyes? <laughs> and yeah. He did, but he really he must have studied. You know yeah. how how he held himself and portrayed himself as the brother mm -hmm. yeah. and for Jordan and and that sort of brotherly relationship. So yeah. I'm I'm happy with who they went with. I'm also happy they got a brunette because you know there's no blonde in that family. Yes. You know? Okay, I'm so glad that someone else was bothered by that. Yes, she fit yeah. the family better. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, I love his, well, I'll keep going, I'm sorry, That's I did it. not mean to interrupt you. No, you're fine. Um, I, I, I enjoyed his portrayal overall. Like, I mean, I thought that it was it was hard to step in because like whenever you're recasting someone, God, that is so hard. But I think he did a great job. He embodied enough of what Jordan Elsass had, had originally done. But then he also, as the season went on, did little things to make it his own. And that's what I liked about it. So I liked how he kind of evolved it to make it a little bit more his own. And I liked where he took John's character much more than where, not necessarily where Jordan Elsass was, quote, taking it. But I like that they, it's almost like they had like a clean break, new actors, so we're going to slightly tweak this storyline. Yep. It just kind of, it just kind of worked for me. Yeah. And they gave him, they gave him, you know, a, a complete story to follow for him as yes. well yeah. so he wasn't just like to add in you know extra guy but now he's going to be you know working in the fire department and you know dealing with the girlfriend issues and, and long distance relationships so he had he had things going on for him that that he could own without necessarily being the brother of jordan yeah mm -hmm and the sidekick who doesn't have any powers. He had his own time to shine. And yeah, so I, I'm glad, and that's one thing I just want to say that I love about the show is they give everybody, it's, it's an ensemble cast in, in truth. No, absolutely. And they do family dynamics better than any other show I can think of uh, with, with husbands. <laughs> But, you know, a husband, wife, brother, brother, you know, parent, child, they really, they do a good, like, I'm thinking yeah. the writers have kids. They know how teenagers will get up and then they will go to your room and, and you know, Lois uses a true bomb voice there and she's like, go to your room. And they, and I was like, boy, I remember that voice. So. Uh -huh. and, and you have plenty of good. It, they don't feel feel forced. A lot of shows, 
oh, here's our obligatory mom and one son scene, which means later in the episode we'll have mom and the other son scene. They mm-hmm. don't they don't feel like they're forcing any of the pairings on screen. It all feels very organic. Yeah. When the brothers are hanging out in a room together, <coughs> whether they're playing a video game or why did you say that to dad? Now I'm in trouble or whatever whatever they're saying. Yeah. It feels very natural, very organic yeah. the entire time. Um, it just feels like a real family, um, which makes stories like the cancer story hurt even more. And like I said, I can, I can imagine it being painful going through it. Um, while it's mainly about breast cancer, it, it does affect the whole family. Um, and hopefully it, it extends, the stuff they went through would extend any type of cancer any, anyone experiences and goes through. But I really, you know. That was... Yeah. It's just it's, pain, it's, it's painful from the from the husband's type point of view to watch. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you're watching like real family dynamics. Uh, like just thinking of my niece and nephew at 16 years old, you know, they're they're that same age. They don't want to hang out with mom and dad. They want to go hang out with their friends, or they'll hide in their room with their phones and their devices. And so that part is very relatable you know hey let's go fishing or and not, yeah i just i got homework and then they you know slide out the door on their own and then you know when they come back it's like oh wait till your father gets home and i'm thinking that was one thing that bothered me about the flash is the kids kept coming back and i'm like how are these kids so different in the future that they want to hang out with mom and dad it's because in the flash he was not the Flash. We are Flash. They became part of Lee. Yeah, I don't know. No, yeah. no, 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 sorry. No, no going into Flash. We're no, no, sorry. 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 The funny part of that is that uh, the, the twins, the sons, didn't even want to hang out with their dad, who was Superman. Yeah. Which is really, but that's a, that's a typical truth. teenage thing. Cause you know, you, you re- I went through that phase where, uh, you know, I was a little bit rebellious in my teenage years and didn't want to have anything to do with my parents. And, and then I guess as you get older, you, it, for me, that started to change a little bit. But uh, but I just thought that was funny that even even if your dad was Superman, you would still yeah. kind of go through you, that phase. I mean, you hear that with kid, you know, the kids of actors. You know, famous, what is dad? They haven't even watched my stuff. They don't right. care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I thought this is somebody is speaking from reality in this show. I, I do think the actors gave us one third of the writers gave us one thing that was kind of cool because like you said the sons they got over the fact that their dad is superman really fast mm-hmm. just yeah. there the actor playing <coughs> kyle does a great job good yes. character has have no problem with him however he is my least favorite character on the show which is saying something if i really love my least the least favorite character on the show but between him and chrissy their their reactions of being around clark once they learned he was <laughs> superman that gave you the we get to fly. We get to fly. And, and yeah. that, that, the stuff you were hoping the kids would do—that—that um, that was just so much fun. Um, but I, I did want to ask: Was there one moment, just a single moment in the show, that was kind of your favorite moment? Whether it was a dark, sad, fun, uplifting, silly, whatever it is, did you have a favorite moment this season? I don't know that it's necessarily a favorite moment, but I will say my like the effects from Pia, the special effects, like showcasing her vocal power was phenomenally well done and acted. The physicality of her acting that out on top of the special effects, those were some of my favorite moments. I don't know why. 
for me, the, the one that sticks out to me the most, the scene uh, when Clark and Lois and Lana and John Henry are sitting down to eat dinner together. I thought, uh, to me, that was like, well, this is what the show should be. Um, because for so long, uh, they have sort of, they've done a good slow burn with Lana and John Henry. Because if you read the Superwoman comics, they are a couple in the comics. And so I've for forever through the season or through the show, I've been like, when are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? And so they finally kind of moved the needle with that relationship this season. And I, I just thought that that was such a nice scene that, um, you know, for, for such a long time in, uh, in comic books, Lois and Lana would physically fight each other. I mean, you read the Silver Age comics and they are physically like at odds and so to see Lana be so encouraging to Lois and both of them really valuing each other's friendships and uh, uh, friendship and um, to see that dynamic of the four of them I thought was really nice especially um, you know we talked about the the cancer patient and then the cancer patient's family but what about the cancer patient's friends that are also having to go through this they can't help maybe even more than a family can um, so they're trying to figure out their place and how they deal with it. And so I thought that was just a really nice scene that um, I know there have been some cash changes that might be happening moving forward. And so I just I hate to leave because you know, I think we're going to lose Lana and there. John Henry and they've pared it down. So, I, so I, I was I was a little upset because I knew that when I was watching season three and I was like, gosh, this this would be great moving forward in season four if they could keep these dynamics. But um, unfortunately, it sounds like we're going to lose them. So for me, that was the one that stuck out the most. It, there wasn't really anything special about it. Um, I just thought that the dynamics of those characters and the way that they had sort of uh, come together throughout the season, I thought was really nice. Um, for me, it was actually in, I think, episode 11 where Jordan had his panic attack. And the big thing we had with Jordan when we came in in season one was about his anxiety, his depression. We had that with Sarah, and we started to see that finally come back yeah, for both Sarah, for both Sarah and Jordan. They didn't forget that. Yeah, they didn't. And and as being somebody who is diagnosed, you know, with anxiety and and. Uh, and depression disorders, that representation, you know, seeing that in a superhero movie. And I was really worried at a point when we saw um, Jordan uh, starting to want that attention and everything, that he was suddenly, like, no longer anxious about it all. But then you see that it comes back out, you know, when mom's in trouble. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it reminds you that, you can fake it sometimes uh, when you need to, but, you know, when it is truly scary and truly, you know, making you upset, you you go into that. You go into those spirals still. And I love how his brother is the one who brings him back to Grounded and not, uh, not his dad, you know, because that still shows that brotherly connection there. I imagine he has to do that quite a bit yeah. to help yeah. his brother. Yeah. That's why I love that we got to see it. Yeah, especially since Lois was the one who calms him down in season right. one. Yes, mm -hmm. I love yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess for me, the episode, the dress, oh, was yeah. something that, that I connected to like the entire time. Uh, when Clark looks in this box of, of giveaways and the dress that he bought for Lois, and, and it's just 
crunched up and like thrown away as she's she is just purging her wardrobe of things that make her feel so self-conscious and terrible right now and just seeing that story and then at the end she comes out and she's in the dress and they fly up together and that that to me was just a really neat episode scenes and emotions and and you know part of that's the the journey the real journey so and and how it impacts the people around and Clark's you know what why do you you know this is it means something well it doesn't mean anything to me anymore type of thing and then it turns out it really kind of did mean something so and if I remember yeah. cor- correctly Lana is the one who talks to her yes. about that yes. yeah I really uh, appreciated that because Lois has every right to feel the way she does and several uh, moments throughout the season she had to keep reminding everybody, like, you're not going through this. I'm going through this. I have to deal with this. Um, that's a that's a very real thing because as much as, you know, you need to allow people to help you, they can't do this for you. They're not going to be the one in the infusion center with the, you know, the cancer treatment, you know, being pumped into your body. They're not the ones doing that. You're having to do that. Um, but I thought that was really nice that Lois knew that Clark would not understand that mm-hmm. but because uh lana understood what it was like to be a woman and have have those kinds of um fears about you know what you look like and those self-conscious feelings i thought it was a really nice touch that lana talked to her about that and helped smooth that transition over so that uh, was really well done so, yeah. so that's that is a perfect segue actually to my favorite moment i'm gonna be the guy up here i i, I, want, I liked a silly one I mean, I cried in almost every episode. I'm not afraid to admit I cried in every episode, either joy or sad or whatever. I mean, each, each one. So the funny moments stand out a lot because of that. And in those conversations where Lana and Lois are talking and they plan her party before she has her surgery, and Clark comes in and they've decided to go to Bazoombas, which of course is this universe's version of Hooters. And they decided to go to Bazoombas. And his reaction oh, the chicken wing place. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's a very Lois, wholesome thing for Clark Kent to yes, say. Yes, and, and Lois is like, Clark, that's not what it's known for. And the realization, and Lana's just, you're going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that little scene from the time he walks in the room to her, you're, you're going to be okay. Favorite moment probably of the entire season. Just, yeah. I don't know, love it. Again, maybe it's because I'm a guy and I like the bazoombas thing. I don't know. <laughs> Whichever it is. It's not um, the greatest food to eat before you have a cancer <laughs> surgery. Like it's fried foods. You should never eat fried foods are on uh, all the lists of like things that are going to give you cancer. So I'm sure there's um, a salad in there. Sometimes. Yes, I, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. But um, Salad and grilled chicken. Yes, grilled chicken. Going to an ensemble show and, and the um, uh, Sarah and Jordan, I love, it was a tiny little scene but I love the scene of them sitting on the floor and her discovering that her mother listened to The Cure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Um, all right, so before we run out of time, I did want to, which we have played, but before, yeah. I did want to say, y'all say, mentioned, I oh, yeah, we'll go ahead one more question. Then we'll just, I, I might sound silly to mention this, but the, I don't know, the scenes when they were being, being people from the Bizarre World, I don't know, when people start speaking backwards, it sounded funny to me. Yeah. Oh, it does. It does. It does. It does. And I kept waiting for, Freddy's the devil, Freddy's the devil, you know, some Robin Williams type joke thrown in there. 
you know, the backwards records. Um, <laughs> yeah, especially I, especially that one scene when they were at the portal and they had that bizarre, um, the new bizarre general, I forget his name, and they killed the other guy that he, he was gonna merge yeah. with him. Oh yeah. And he says, say no, he's like, ooh. I don't know, I started busting out laughing when he said that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so one of y'all, Kimber, who referenced the fact that we're losing a lot of the cast next season. Yeah. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, basically all supporting cast outside of outside of the camps themselves, I mean the two the twins and mom and dad there, everybody else is becoming a supporting character, not a regular. They'll come and go, at least to some degree. What are y'all expecting next season? Are you worried? Is there something you're positive about? So what what are you hoping to see? That type of thing. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of concerned because it is a, a story that's about you know, Superman and Lois and the people in their lives and the town that he grew up in. And, and it's more, it's sort of like how Gotham was about the characters, but also about the city that they were in, the place they were in. And so when you're losing half of the familiar faces and, and you know, when you have Lana's going and Kyle is going and Sarah's going and Granddad is going and it's like who is who are they going to be playing it? off of? Yeah. So is it going to just become a more traditional superhero show where it's you know a, a villain of the week and they or they battle Lex every week? I mean, I liked the fact that they had more story to tell in these people's lives than just the superhero side of things. So I'm kind of concerned of the yeah. direction that they're going to take this. So, I mean, I'm a little concerned, but from what I think is that by moving them to a supporting role as opposed to the, the, the roles that they had, that is also a money thing. Yeah. That is a lowering of salary. That I thought, is, I thought Sam, yeah. Sam Lane is, is, or you know, the actor is is not coming back at all. Well, I think Lex killed him. <laughs> well, he had like, uh, you know, because his he would have had to come up for like just one week and find a place to live in Vancouver, and, and he's, he's like, like, I'm not doing that. So yeah, yeah, I don't think he's coming back. Like, they, all well, I think that's why they have Lex kill. Um, kidnap him and um, he said that he was out of the way and I'm assuming that if he was coming to get Superman next that means that he has either eliminated or has put Sam somewhere that you know he wouldn't be seen explain, anyway. Explain him away. Yeah. Or write him off at that particular Aww. time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so that's kind of where I was seeing with Sam. Um, but I, I honestly think it's a money thing more than anything that Absolutely. by bringing it down, I think that there, it does create an opportunity for more to, if they have the money in their budget back, they may be able to get more guest stars. Um, and I think that also with the double danger going on between Lois and um, Lex, as well as Jordan and himself, um, that they may not be permanently set in Smallville. And because, you know, there's a chance that um, because of that, um, especially if for some reason Clark is dead for an indeterminate amount of time, you know, they're not going to stay in Smallville. They're going to go else back to Metropolis or they're going to figure out something else 
for a bit because that would be too hard to be at the Kent House. And that could also be something that we may be seeing coming up. Yeah, it's definitely budget because if you go into season four and you want to do Superman versus Doomsday, uh, you're going to need a little extra money. I thought they, I thought they did a pretty good job at the end of season three of having an introduction to that fight, but that last three minutes, yeah, though. Yeah, so they uh, they'll definitely need a little extra budget. I, I'm cons- I'm concerned to a degree. I think if they keep them as supporting and still utilize their their characters and storylines in a a really tight way, I think they can make it work because sometimes with season three, there were moments where I was like, well, you could take this person out. You could get rid of this story. There, there are certain aspects that, you know, some of the stuff with Sarah feels a little bit repetitive in some, in some ways. So they're like, they, they even forced a, a scene where Lada hit her. And I was like, that feels like that might be sort of filler to give Lada a story. So there are some ways where I think they uh, could benefit uh, actually from making them a supporting character and making those moments where they show up really count instead of just trying to find, because to your point, I mean, it is an ensemble show, but that means you have to give all of these characters and all these actors storylines. So uh, when you do that, you try to serve too many people. And so I think if you kind of bring it back down and utilize them in really needed necessary ways i think that would be great i just hope we don't lose them totally for good um but if they're able to bring them in a supporting capacity and give them really good stories where they're um where they're highlighted in such a way that it makes sense for them to be there i think it should be fine yeah no i i kind of agree with a lot of what's been said and i don't i don't think we're probably going to lose them entirely like i said i'm, I'm hopeful that they can still remain the supporting cast. The only one we know for sure said is done is Sam Sam Lane. So um, we but he, we have an easy out for him. So overall, I mean, I have a lot of faith in the writers and the the way that they've written the series and the way that they'll continue to write the series. So I'm hoping that by focusing just on like the Kents as the core and then maybe bringing in some supporting and bringing in some other guest actors that they can keep everything really tight and keep that story arcs and story writing nice and tight. Um, and I think that may be what gets them through. And then if they can survive through all this merger, selling whatever nonsense with the networks, maybe we can still get them into a season five. Yeah, it would be really nice if they could actually bring in some guest uh, stars to really fill out this, the Superman world. You know, they had Bruno Mannheim and Hobbs Bay and um, uh, you know, su- they mentioned Suicide Slums. So to build out that Superman world even outside of just Smallville would be really cool. So I think if they could bring in some people um, guest star-wise to do that, I think would be awesome. I mean, and one way we could see it happening is um, we never got to see them working at the Daily Planet because in the pilot, you know, that's when Clark got fired and then Lois said, let's move to Moms. Um, but if Lex is out of jail... I am pretty sure that the Daily Planet is going to want to get Lana, uh, sorry, uh, Lois back, because that is a that was a Lois, you know, uh, main job. Yeah, I would love a Perry White. I would love a Cat Grant. I would love a Ron Troop. Uh, so any anybody like that would be cool. Yeah, maybe even James Olsen. I was going to say if they go. they've jumped so far in the future, the same actor could come back. You know, that would be awesome. And you mentioned earlier, John, that they may not be bringing back um, John or Lana, John Irons and Lana. That's right. 
Yeah, that they basically said all the supporting cast are they can come back, but they might come back for one scene. They're gonna be recurring. They may not be recurring. in like every episode. They, yeah, they're basically yeah. yeah, like guest characters. I don't see John disappearing though, because of the fact that they're doing a death of Superman arc, John Irons is one of the Supermen who fill yeah. in the spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they have a Superboy, so yep. that's basically the question. Do y'all think I I am of the opinion that they're not doing Death of Superman. I I think that one moment we got where he kind of died in the fight and he's being carried limply up in the sky and the, his life flashes, you know, on the screen for us. That's and that's what brings him back. To me, I think, again, I, I, I could be wrong. I can't read the minds of the writers, but it felt to me like that was the writers saying, we're getting this out of the way real quick. We're, we're, this is our Death of Superman. We're moving past it. But do y'all think they're going to do Death of Superman. Well, they had a whole uh, sequence of events where Lois and Clark talked about wills and what would happen if something should happen to them. And since Lois didn't die, um, I kind of feel like that part of it should be paid off. And I think there's too much of a temptation, even with the Superman and Lois writers, to do Superman versus Doomsday and not kill him. Because to your point, there is a steal. There is a Superboy. They're missing, uh, who else? The Eradicator. Um, and Cyborg so, Superman. So um, I, I would love another take on Cyborg Superman. It was not great on Supergirl. Um, so uh, they're, they, they can do some really cool, they could actually do a genuine death of Superman uh, if they really wanted to. So I kind of hope they do it, uh, but just do it in a really unique uh, or even more faithful way to the comics because um, they could take a different, it's been done a lot right. in DC media. There's been two animated features it was in batman v superman so there's there's a lot it was even teased in one of the was it elseworlds where they had the yeah. shot of lois with yep. superman and the flag so it's been done a lot but you could still and smallville did it um at the end of season eight i think it was um so it's been done quite a bit so it's kind of like okay death of superman but i think there's ways that you could do it really faithfully um on this show i mean i would love it an eradicator on Superman and Lois. That would be so cool. He's one of the coolest looking characters, in my opinion, in the Superman mythos. Um, so I I kind of think they should, but they could always get around it and say, yeah. we're not going to actually kill him. Well, yeah, okay. and I mean, the other thing is, is that death of Superman does not always necessarily mean death of Clark Kent. True. Because you can give him amnesia. You can have him lose his powers. And having to deal with those type of thing where it seems that Superman is dead. But we still have Tyler as a main star. So Tyler is still on screen. You know, he just can't access the powers, whether he remembers it or he uh, just can't get at it. So like a metaphorical death of Superman. Yeah. 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 Okay. And, and that would be work better because my big worry, along with announcing the cast is shrinking, it's also shrinking the number of episodes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to going down to 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, this season already shrunk from 15 or 16 down to 13, mm-hmm. which it was still worked really well. well mm-hmm. they, so well done. And I, and I honestly mean the first 11 are the real core of the story. So sometimes tightening it up can improve the story, yeah. but if you're only going to have ten episodes, I really don't want to see two or three or four or five with no Clark or Superman. So, yeah. to your point, yes. having something where Clark is around that that would still work, but at the same time, they also know the big elephant in the room is July 11th, 2025. Superman Legacy is coming. Mm-hmm. James Gunn, who now runs everything DC, 
He has written it, is directing it. That's the new Superman for for the world. And unless unless he really surprises us, there's probably not gonna be two Superman past, you know, July tenth, um, twenty twenty five. So they could probably squeeze in a one more season, but that's that's gonna be it. Uh, I, I don't think we're getting any more. I'd hate the potentially last season to be half no, not super, even him. No Superman. Yeah. 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 No, I, think, I, I thought think this was the final season. No. I haven't said yet. <laughs> no. no, yeah, no. They're, they're no, 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 not season three. I mean, coming yeah. season four. The uh, next star is they, ending they, the Arrowverse. They haven't officially said. They said, think, we're giving them one yeah. more. But I think they it's didn't speculation. Say. Yeah. Because, I mean, in some of the interviews, um, I, I'm blanking on the name, but uh, one of the main main head honchos was saying, uh, I could see it going for one or two mm-hmm. more I seasons. And a lot of people kind of like latched onto that. I'm like, heck, heck, I could see this going for 10 seasons, but given what John Paul just said, yeah. it's probably not going to happen. And I hate that we have to have a dynamic. I hate that it has to be fought over um, of like yeah. having more than one Superman or more than one Flash, although they did kind of kind of do that. Yeah. Um, although I prefer Grant Gustin to Ezra Miller for many, many reasons. But. <laughs> many, many, yeah. many reasons. Yeah, and I mean, they've always had multiple comics going at the same time, and it doesn't hurt action to have a Superman or a Man of Steel or on and on and on comic. But there's just something about Hollywood executives that they don't seem to want to have something on TV in the movies. But I'm hoping James Gunn surprises us. It would. You're right. Yeah. This show could go many many seasons the the quality is there if the network dynamics don't kill it because yeah. that's what i'm the most worried about right well, now see the new the next stars and and yeah. i know you're raising but next a lot of the new shows that next stars brought in are family shows they're moving away from yes. the wb was all about tween girls cw <laughs> was all about superheroes and genre but next star has a lot of family sitcoms and shows and superman and lois fits more into that almost than it does with the arrowverse which is probably the only thing that's saying it yeah yeah that aside from the fact that it's a phenomenally well done show but it's also the more expensive one to make yeah it's it's one of the most probably based on the looks of this season probably the most expensive show they have yeah and probably something else that hurts a fifth as much as i'm still hoping and praying that we get a fifth after the fourth um the strike I mean, the strike is going to yeah. be oh, yeah, four yeah. for so long. Again, they're going to have to at least wrap four up to where if they don't have a fifth, you don't end with, you know, Superman and Doomsday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, if I, that scene alone, I was like, if I had not known that they had been renewed, I would have lost my mind. Yes. How many people screamed when that scene yeah. ended with rolling the credits? When it just cut, <laughs> yep. Tyler Hecklin tweeted out that he was really glad there was a fourth season because that last few moments, he said it would have been a really cool place to leave you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just would have been so horrible. I mean, great in one way, because we could have just said, well, at that moment, he had had his death and had come back, so you know he's going to win. True. The fight goes on. In fact, he's smarter than Superman in the comics because he took the fight to the moon, not yeah. not in Metropolis, but yeah, right. uh, yeah, he, he saved more people. So. Uh, from the industry side, I can tell you that when you're crafting a series, usually um, the production people want you to have a whole five season arc in mind, or you have all of season one plotted out, half of season two plotted out, 
three, you know where it's kind of going. And then four and five, you kind of have your gist of what is the beginning, end, and middle of them. So more than likely, there's already the whole outline up through season five. They just have to be able to get renewed one more time. Gotcha. All right, so we only have about five minutes left. So any last thoughts? Because I know different people care so much about this, have lots of notes. Anything we have not talked about, you want to make sure to bring up? I just want to say, I love Bruno Mannheim. He was fantastic. I love him so much. He was a perfect sort of villain because he was a relatable villain. You knew where he was coming from. And you're always the worst And ones. Yeah, and he, I mean, he, the things he was doing had a sincere, honest, realistic motivation. It wasn't just, I'm going to take over the world, ha, ha, ha. And, and it was more like, I'm doing these things because I want my, life, my wife to survive. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm going to plow and, and just bulldoze over anybody or anything that stands in my way in order to make that happen. And, and I thought that he just played the character beautifully, and I would love to see more of him in the future. I, I so hope so. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it, it showed a straight parallel with Clark and Lois yes. and how he cared just as much for his wife. They were going through the same thing. Yeah. He just you could he understand. It, you could understand every choice from the he wrong made, way, right. But you knew what he was aiming for, and, yeah, and right. I felt sympathy for him in a way that you know the the comic book versions of some of these villains just I'm like yeah. just kill him off already, put him you know, put him in prison or, and get away. Yeah. Yeah. It showed how being good or bad yeah. though was a choice. Was a choice. I mean, yeah. they were going through the same thing, and Clark made all the right choices. And Bruno made all the wrong choices. Yeah. You could understand every one of them, and you yes. could see yourself falling either direction. Mm-hmm. But. And I thought it was really interesting that Bruno Mannheim trusted Superman in those last moments yeah. to uh, help with Pia. Yeah. Uh, he knew that Superman would do the right thing and help their family. I, I was I was blown away by that. That. They had uh, been so contentious for most of the season, and understandably so, given the storyline. But um, for him to um, sort of lean on Superman to help with that se- that situation, I thought was remarkable. He trusted John Henry too with his yeah. son. Yeah, yeah. And the one thing I I wanted to bring it back around is we talked about the very beginning about how they made a point of showing why they couldn't use Krypton technology. Mm-hmm. And then you see Pia being cured using Krypton blood. Mm. And so you actually get to see what might have happened yeah. if they had chosen to go the Krypton route. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Which was devastating. Yeah. Huge yeah. explosion in the sky. So, yeah. yeah, it was a good thing. Yeah. Well, I want to make sure we don't forget to mention, you'll see the buck up here on the table. Many other panels, you already know about it. But this year, it's a perfect, for this panel, a perfect charity. This is... Um, Cure Childhood Cancer. Um, please donate. We also have a few, I was told, just a few, not many, of the Dragon Con coloring books. They're $10 donation for that. Um, that donation goes into the same bucket. Um, so see the table at the back if you want that. But please give. And I guess the only thing left to say is screw cancer. <laughs> yeah, screw cancer. Right. Thank you all very much. I love typing. Not messing my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live.
every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. 